it is I who find myself indebted to you, uh, to you, this congregation, to the brethren in this part of the world, but especially to the elders here. Uh, I'm indebted for you to allow me to use the pulpit to teach God's word, to proclaim God's word in this part, and we appreciate you so greatly. Matthew 13, 3, the sower went forth to sow. Isn't it interesting that the Bible says in verse 4, Matthew 13, and he sowed, when he, and it could be translated, when he had sown. What does that mean? He, had, he went forth to sow. He not only went to do it, he did it. Isn't that what Paul teaches? We put on the whole armor of God. Having done all to stand, what? Stand. It's not enough just to prepare ourselves. We must prepare, oh yes. We must prepare ourselves. We prepare ourselves for lives. We prepare ourselves for service unto God. But as to use an athletic term, we must get in the game. Get into the game. It's not enough just to practice. I think the World Cup is ongoing. What if, what if those players had just practiced soccer and then they never played a game? It would be for naught. But yet, God tells us that we are to enter into the sowing the seed into the field, yes, which is the world. There's where we do our sowing. And we, as the sower, as shown in Matthew 13, we go forth to sow, and we go forth to prepare to teach others. That's what the sowing is. We sow forth the seed. We teach others so they can teach others. Peter would say, but sanctify the Lord God in your hearts. Last class, we looked at that word sanctify. We are sanctified by God, but also in our lives, helps us maybe to better understand that term, we set God apart in our lives. There's a special place in our hearts for God. Why? He deserves it. He, he has earned that right. So we sanctify God in our hearts to be ready always, what? To give an answer to every man that asks you of the reason of the hope that lieth within you with meekness and fear. God did not say that we prepare ourselves to answer every question that everyone may ever ask. No one could do that. God did not even say that we are prepared to answer answer every question that everyone would ask about his word. God did command us that we are to be prepared to answer the questions concerning, listen, the reason of the hope. You're a child of God. God says it should be understood. You have hope. But the question is, he, he didn't say that you give an answer for the hope. Notice he said, we are prepared to give an answer for the reason of the hope. Why do you have hope in your life as a child of God? Why do you have a reason of hope in your life? That hope is, and that reason is Jesus Christ. He came to the world, yes. He, he took on the former man, yes. He died on the cross, yes. More importantly, he came forth from the grave, never to taste the death again. Paul would say, give an assurance unto you and to me that we will come forth from the grave, that we will stand before God and be judged. But as Christians, we can stand before God and be judged and know that heaven is our home. Our task 
as sowers of the seed. Also understand this, dear brother and sister in Christ. If you are a child of God, God says you are to be a sower of the seed. That's our responsibility. That's part of being a Christian is we sow forth that seed. So we teach others and we prepare for that. What? We teach the world the gospel. Is that what Christ stated as recorded by Mark? Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be down. Mark 16, 15, 16. What I know, I, I'm not a very wise man at times, but I know this much. Malaysia is part of the world. I know that Alabama is part of the world. China is part of the world. Singapore is part of the world. You know what I know from God's word? Every one of those places and every one of the individuals in those places needs to hear God's word. So we, we prepare ourselves to teach. And then we teach. What if you prepared to be a school teacher? My, my wife works in the school system with the special needs children. What if she had prepared herself to do that task and never performed it? Are there special needs children who need teachers? Guess what? We each need someone to teach us the gospel. And if someone has taught you, someone te taught you so you can teach someone else. That's what we do. That's what God would have us to understand. We teach the gospel not in, only into all the world, but all nations. Christ would say, as recorded in Matthew 28, 18, all power is given unto me in heaven and earth. Go ye therefore and what? Teach all nations. Is Malaysia a nation? Why would Tim Hayes come from America to Malaysia? Because Malaysia is part of the is one of the nations. Why would you come from Malaysia and go to America? Because America is part, we belong to the nations. So he said, go you therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son, and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I commanded you. So I'm with you always, even to the end of the world. The concept would be, as you go through life, Christian, you go teaching. Why? That's what we do. That's what Christians do. We sow the seed. You ask a farmer, what do you do? Do you plant seed? Yes. Welcome to the work, planter. Welcome to the work, farmer. Welcome to the work, Christian. We go for sowing. And it's not just on Tim Hayes. Part of it is on me. I have a responsibility. But I cannot do your sowing for you, nor can you do the sowing for me. We each have that great responsibility we have that great opportunity we teach the gospel everywhere we go what did, what did we see to the world what did we see to the nations we teach it everywhere we go mark 16 beginning in verse 19 so then after that the lord had spoken unto them he was received up into heaven on the right hand of god and they went forth and preached what everywhere 
Isn't that what Acts 8, 4? They that were scattered abroad did what? Went everywhere preaching the word. Where were they going? Well, Christ said in Luke 24, you began in Jerusalem. Is that where the church began? Yes, what? By the teaching of the gospel of Christ, the death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's what Peter taught and the other apostles on that day of Pentecost. That's what you and I must teach. When Philip opened his mouth and preached unto that Ethiopian nobleman, the Bible says he began at the same scripture and what? Preached unto him Jesus, the death, the burial, the resurrection, the gospel of Christ. Why? Because Christ said you'll begin in Jerusalem, you go to Judea, Samaria, the uttermost parts of the world. That's why we do what we do. I like to think about it like this the rest of the world. Everywhere. Where is that? It begins where my toes end. There's the rest of the world. There's where the world is. There's where all nations are. There's where everywhere is found. So what does that mean? I began teaching with you and with you, with you. Those within my house, those next door, those in the city in which I live, those in the community in which I live, in the state, in the province, in the nation, and in the world. There's where we go to teach God's Word. We go to the world, the world into which, for which Christ died. There's why we go, because Christ made it so. Jesus lived as a man. So he could die. What do we know about God? If someone were to say, ask you, describe your God to me, how would you do it? I, I dare say many of us would begin like this. Well, he's, he's eternal. What does that mean? He, he always has existed. He exists today. And he always will exist. God eternal. You, you look at the word. You do the word study. You go, especially the Old Testament, where you say, Jehovah Lord, Jehovah God. That, that Jehovah. See, God can always could be a relative term, could be a term in a very general sense. Could be speaking about the one true God, could could be speaking of the false gods. God, Elohim, just just means God. But when you put a qualifier, that word, the word that we know, Jehovah, Yahweh. Oh, you see, that's different. But, and when you see Jehovah God. That's defining who God is. What does that mean? More than just the word Jehovah or Yahweh. Number one, it means that he is self-existent. We, we like to think we're, we're self-made men. No, we're, we're standing on the shoulders of someone and more likely many people who, who have made it possible for us to live the lives that we live, even in the Lord's church. We understand that, and I think more so. But yet, God is self-existent. He, he had no creator. He is the creator. He has always existed. I'm very limited in what I can understand about that. Why? Because I'm a being of time. See, there's my time. It's up. What? We have a beginning, we have an end. You and I do in this physical life. God has no beginning, he has no end. He, he, he just is God. And it's difficult for us to fully grasp that. But furthermore, that word Jehovah, 
carries also the understanding that he is the self-existent one who is the deliverer. He delivered you and me from the world of sin. Jesus became man. Jesus, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. Jesus created, uh, or is the creator who also took on the form of man. That's what Philippians 2. Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, what? what did God, how did Christ describe him? God is a spirit. Well, who took on, he was the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. Why? Because he is God. But made himself a no reputation, took on him the form of the servant. Here, flesh and blood. What you, the thing which you and I are. That's what Christ became. Why? Very simple. God who is eternal cannot die. That means God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit. They are all God. They are eternal. God could not die. So the Word, as He was in heaven, could not die. That's why He was born as that little baby in this world. To be man, to be flesh and blood. Why? So that He could die. Jesus. Jesus died for the world. Jesus was tempted. In this world. Why? So he could save. See he lived. He, he became man so he could die. He, and he was tempted as man. So he could save. Behold the Lamb of God. What does that mean? That implies a sacrifice. John the Baptist knew that. He understood the Levitical law. He knew the sacrifices. That were performed at the temple. In the tabernacle. And so he understood when he called Christ. Behold the Lamb of God that takes away. The sin of the world. Thou shalt call his name Jesus, the angel would tell Joseph. Why? Because he shall save his people from their sins. Jesus came into this world so he could be tempted. So when he's our Savior, we understand. He understands. Hebrews 4. Seeing, thou, uh, seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into heaven, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold fast our professional For we have not a high priest, which cannot be touched with the penalty of our infirmity. What? See, before he, he could not be tempted. God tempteth no man, nor can he be tempted. But yet he became man, so he could be tempted. Let us therefore come boldly into the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace and help in the time of need. Jesus suffered so he could bring peace. See, in heaven, Jesus never suffered. He's spirit. Think of all he gave up. Think of what he became. So he, and the reason why, because of me, because of sin. He became flesh. He became a being, an entity that could die. One who could never die took on that form. He, he never was tempted, but yet he took on the form so he could be tempted. So he could, the Bible, the King James verse, uh, Version uses the word succor or succor. Well, he could show his love, his understanding of our life. Why? When we're tempted, Christ understands. Christ lived a life as a man. A life where that was not always life filled with peace. 
Isaiah 9, 6, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, the government shall be upon his shoulder. His name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Prince of Peace. He is that everlasting Father. He is our God. And yet He brings peace. He suffered this life. He suffered the insults. He suffered the injuries. He suffered the death. He suffered the everyday life. So that, and He overcame so that you and I can have peace. Christ would say to his apostles, and I think therefore unto us, in John 14, 27, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Now Christ did not say you're not going to suffer, but he said you can overcome. Why? Because I have. Christ did not say you are not going to physically die, but guess what? You'll live forever. We can have peace. When the world says, you can't have peace, God says we can, and Christ has proved that we can have peace. Christ died for the world and came to the world. We are to teach the world. We're to go into all the world and teach the world. Why? Because it is dying. I'm not talking about this orb on which we live, this globe that God has created. The world, and we'll look at that, the world was not intended to be eternal. But what we're talking about, Genesis 3, 9, when man sinned. What does Paul say? The wages of sin is what? But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. From the very first sin, the sin committed by Adam and Eve, death was the consequence of sin. You... You probably realize this, but if not, you need to hear this today. If you you have ever committed sin, the consequence of that sin is death. For each of us. You say, well, I'm not that bad of a person. If you have ever sinned, the result of sin is death. But what did Paul say? The gift of God is life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Without Christ, we die, friends. We're dead and and we would die eternally. In the sweat of thy face, God would say to Adam, In the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread till thou return unto the ground, for out of it was thy tail. You remember, God formed man out of the dust of the ground, breathed into man into his nostrils, the breath of life. Man became a living soul. And God said, In the day thou partakest of that tree, you, you can eat of every tree of every vegetation in this, in this garden, in the garden. It's for you. It's for meat. It's for your food, for your sustenance. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not partake thereof. Why? For in the day thou partakest thereof, thou shalt surely die. Did God lie? Did he misrepresent the truth? Or was he mistaken? No. Because of sin, death entered into the world, Paul would write to the Romans. We don't, we don't suffer the eternal result by Adam and Eve's sin. We suffered the physical. Why? Death came into the world by their sins. Why do you have sickness? Why do you have injury? Why do you have death? Why do you have heartache in this world? The result of sin. That's the consequence. And so maybe we should ask ourselves, do my sins, do my actions have consequences to others? 
did the con- did Adam and Eve's co- uh, actions have any consequence on you? Yes, we do. Yes, we do. Now, again, we don't hold their sin. We don't answer for their sin as as maybe some some evil person would injure someone in your family. You you suffered the consequence of that evil person's action. Well, that's what happens with us. All right. All this world is dying and all will die. That's what the Hebrew writer said, as it has been appointed unto man, what? Wants to die. After this, the judge. You know what that would tell me, just on a side note? Reincarnation is not a true doctrine. God says, I'm going to die one time. I, I don't get a do-over. I, I, I don't come back until I get it right. God says, you have one life. Live it according to my word. All will die till Jesus comes. This earth, this world, was not intended to be eternal. Uh, God said after the flood, he said, I will establish my covenant with you, neither shall all flesh be cut off any more by the waters of a flood, neither shall there any more be a flood to destroy the earth. The world one day will be destroyed. God's going to go on and say, uh, by fire. He said what? Christ would say it like this, looking at it from the opposite view. Heaven and earth shall pass away. Guess what's going to pass away one day? This thing we call home now, this earth. Maybe during our lifetime, may not be. I think since I have been traveling this year, just maybe two weeks ago, the world's population just went over, surpassed 8 billion. A lot of people. A lot of people. Here's what I know. This world's not always going to be here. And God says, therefore, we need to prepare for that other home. The world, the earth, will cease to exist. The day of the Lord will come, Peter said, as a thief in the night, into which in 2 Peter 3, 10 through 12, uh, the world will pass away with the great noise the elements shall melt with fervent heat the earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up God says this world will pass away we go into all the world we take the seed we sow the seed into the world What the world that one day will be judged is there, what is the reason? Why would we go? Why, why do others need to hear God's word? Because all will be judged. Here's what we know. Judgment day is sure. It's coming. It's coming. It's kind of like when you were in school or maybe you are in school now and the instructors say, well, on such and such day, finals will be here. Guess what? They're coming. But even more sure than the final exams in school, judgment day is coming. It's a guarantee. Why? It's a word of God. It is from God. In 2 Peter 3, 7, But the heavens and the earth which are now by the same word. What? The word that said, open the flood, the windows of heaven to let the floods come. Open the fountains of the deep. Did the flood come as God had promised? Exactly as God had promised. By his word, his authority, his power. Peter says, by that same word, of power, that same power, that same authority, God re- has us in reserve now. What? 
reserved unto fire against the day of judgment. It's coming. And we need to be aware of that. And I think the more aware of which we are of that situation, then maybe that would encourage us to go out and take the seed into all of the world. Judgment day is for all. When the Son of Man shall come, Matthew 25, 31. Uh, Matthew would record, all the holy angels with him, then shall he sit upon the throne. Before him shall be gathered. Here we go. We're, we're to go into all nations. Why? Because all nations will be gathered before God, before Christ to be judged. Then shall be gathered before him all nations. He shall se separate the one from the other as shepherd divideth the sheep from the goats. And not only, but we must know that judgment day is forever. Matthew 25, 46, these shall go into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. There's a doctrine spread throughout the world, a thing called purgatory, which is a part-time punishment. God nowhere speaks of that. And, and we cannot uh, do good enough deeds or do enough good deeds to buy someone out of purgatory. God does not teach that. But that eternal judgment will be to decide and determine those eternal abodes. The world, the world, we're to go into all the world. We, we learned that we're to teach all nations that we go everywhere and we go into all the world. But this world, this population, is a population which can live in heaven. What a, what a wonderful thing. Christ would say it like this, let not your heart be troubled, John 14. Why? He said, I'm going away. But let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. Why? To receive you unto myself. And where I am there, you may be also. Whether I go, you know, and the way you know it. Thomas said, Lord, we know not whether thou go. How can we know the way? What did Christ say? I am the way, the truth, the life. No man coming to the Father, but by me. The world can live in the Father's house. What a great thing. We can be not only children to God, we can live in the Father's house and we can live with the Savior. The Lord himself shall descend from heaven. Paul would write in 1 Thessalonians 4, beginning in verse 16. The Lord shall descend with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be called up together in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. We not only get to go home to be with the Father, we get to go to be with the one eternally who has saved us from our sins. One more point. We'll be with the Father. We'll be with the Son. We'll be with the Spirit. We'll be with all the righteous of all the ages. What a great day. What a great life. What a great place. What a great opportunity. Why? By teaching and sowing that seed. Nevertheless, Peter would write, 2 Peter 3, 13, we, according to his promise, where's that promise found? We just read the promise, John 14. The seed, the word of God, according to his promise, look for a new heaven and a new heaven, a new earth, what? 
wherein dwelleth righteousness. Question, are you living a righteous life today? How can we do that in obedience to that word of God? By being that obedient unto that seed. It doesn't just end when we obey the gospel. We then are sent forth with that seed to sow it into this world. Are you a child of God today? If not, you can be. You can hear his word, the seed. You can believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God by understanding the seed, the word. You can repent of your sins knowing that we have gone astray from God's word. We can be brought back. You can confess your sin and you can confess that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, the one who can save you from your sin. You can be baptized to have your sins washed away. That puts you into Christ. That puts you into his church. That puts you on that path of righteousness. That puts you in the situation where you now are the seed that you will go forth and sow and plant that seed. And you can bring forth as well. Because you have that seed in your life and you live according to it. Are you living and are you sowing that seed? Maybe you forgot an hour necessity in obeying these things. And you need to respond to the Lord's invitation. We'd invite you to come now. While together we stand and sing.